Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you are listening to the two of us drinking coffee and talking to you. Cheers, Cheers. babe. I was waiting for it. And I, always, I did it. I always like to switch it up a little bit. You know, I don't want to get into a routine. You're an artist. Really. Yeah, I'm an artist. I have to feel the moment. We we definitely have to tell listeners all the things we were talking about right before we pushed record. Because you're talking about eating what you can and can't eat. You've lost all this weight. Like you want to tell all the listeners? this weight? I've lost nine pounds. Well, I mean, That's a lot. have you ever seen a nine pound weight? I, yeah. It's hard for me to curl it. You know what I mean? That's just some okay. serious weight. Mm. Like. <laughs> I mean, like nine pounds. Like, come on. Yeah, no, I'm not knocking that's it. Something, but I mean, let's that's just let's just collectively like take it all into perspective. But I no, wanted we the just, listeners to hear. All I the started this kind of routine, so I got I got a couple guys in my world that have been they volunteered to kind of just help me out, and I love them, and I also love supporting the businesses. So I'll shout them out. Shout Renovation out. Fitness with Jordan and Kimberly, um, great great organization, man, and they. They they specialize in everything. They're bodybuilders. They also train. But one of the great things they do is like meal meal plans. Like they help you. So I want to cut weight, and so they've got me on this meal plan that is just and it's really working. working. And then my other good friend, um, Jarrell and Lana. They're the best, Jarrell Betton and Lana, and um, they own a gym called the Hop, which is. F- just one of the coolest gyms I've ever right been to. Right here locally in Kirkland. And he's got me doing this workout program instead of like lifting heavy, which is what I do because I'm an ex-football player. So every time I go into the gym, I throw on a bunch of weight and I just lift heavy. You got to mention that one more time, don't you? Ex-football <laughs> um, But he's player. got me doing four sets of 20 on everything, everything. And I have never been so tired working out. It's amazing. I'll get to like reps like 10, 11, and I feel super strong, but I've conditioned my body to go to like 10 reps. And the moment I hit like 12 and 13, I, all my strength is gone. And then I have to push all the way to 20. So it's been humbling, but awesome. So yeah, I'm super grateful for those guys. And, and You're looking good, babe. Turned 45 on Sunday. I did. Here, cheers I to mean, 45. Shredding, huh? you know? Cheers, 45 babe. and fully alive. And we are going to an undisclosed, undisclosed place in the Pacific Northwest Mountains this Thursday, Friday. Friday and Saturday. Yeah. It's a great birthday week. So we hung out with the fam on Sunday. Then you and I are getting away to the mountains. And then we come back Saturday morning. Saturday night, we're going with a bunch of friends to the CC Winans concert. Woo! Dude, can't wait. Can't wait. Love CC Winans, man. Love I her. I mean, she's how old? One of the purest, she... just most gifted. Just released a worship album. Wait, every time I hear her music come it's on, amazing. I like just feel good good inside it's, you know it's a great album and then sunday next sunday we're going to brunch with just you me and the kids your favorite i love it where are we and going then, babe negatory oh, it might be on the can't. menu though and then oh and then then monday night um vic and judah my son and my sister got me and my brother ben because ben and i share the same birthday um we all got seahawks tickets we're going to monday night football yeah you are live see i mean dude Birthday dreams. Live. Monday night football. Forty five is coming in hot. It's coming in hot, babe. Yeah, yeah, babe, you're you're coming in hot. Thank you for wearing. Thanks for wearing the Victoria's Secret robe. Oh God, dear God, because you got a bunch of robes, but this is the Victoria's Secret robe. Which I'm I'm trying to think like it's no are you different. Try, are you trying to convey something to me? Are you are you, you ladies? Want me. You want me to? Do, are are you trying to get me? Are you trying to get my attention? <laughs> you're big, like trying to do it. like the chant. You know, you want me. You're <laughs> trying to get my attention because girl, you got it. You show lots of leg. Well, I always you know. feel weird when I wear Victoria's Secret stuff. Why? Because it all says Victoria. <laughs> it's your secret, man. Like you don't want to wear like strut around it's in like, like would you wear a robe, everything that said Jennifer. We that- should have custom made like robe for you that says my secret. <laughs> Got him. Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, babe, are you trying to tell me something? Because <laughs> I'm hearing it loud and clear. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all yours, babe. Anytime, anywhere. Little Wren's had fr- little Wren's had friends in from uh, out of state, just chilling with us all weekend. Los Angeles. But she took away Los time Angeles, from her friends California. hosting them. She's been hosting them Welcome day to and night, studio, darling. hand and foot. You're She's taking care of her friends like a servant. She's serving them all day. Saran, <laughs> can I just say this publicly? You're like such a good friend. Yeah, you are. She's like, thank you. But she took away time from her friends to hang out on uh, coffee it's talk. It's pretty studios, impressive. Which we love you, babe. Also, I mean, you're, as you're listening, it's Wednesday. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast on a Wednesday morning when it comes out. But Wednesday evening, we have a women's gathering. And so oh, if you're listening promo. to this, I'm going to promo it. Come hang out with us at 630. Um, it's going to be at our new building, downtown Bellevue. And if you need the um, address, you can just like find Next to Barnes Instagram. and Noble. Can't miss it. DM me and I'll give you all the details. But sure, we're gonna have we're gonna have dinner and it's Daru because it's my favorite. Oh, that's you're catering in Daru. Uh, yeah, free to all the ladies. Free Daru. Who doesn't want Daru? Um, and you're gonna hang and it's gonna you be a good time. Right. You know, you gonna, do it right. I'm chat a little bit. We're gonna have some fun times. It's gonna be good. You so, should promote that more that you're cheers. catering in Daru. I didn't even know that. Cheers you know how many more people to. would show up? <laughs> Maybe I will. And go from 100 to 200 just because you're catering yeah. Daru. Daru. Then we gotta get more Daru. Dude, I'm, you're I'm not going to have enough room in that lobby. You might have to jump into the auditorium, but hey, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll How cool in. is it? We could use our lobby. We could use our auditorium. Hey, we could use our second floor. I love having a building. So come, 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 come. You're invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> not you. Not you. Yeah. Not, not the guys. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be there, though, to say hi. And if you're if you're a gentleman, you know, you, you take the kiddos. Like, if you're married, yeah, yeah. you take those I'm going to be there to say hi in the very beginning. And then, oh, I'm, then I'm, catching, I'm catching dinner with a good friend, Wiley. Oh, you the owner of Make hang? Moves, Not Statements. Yeah, we're going to go out, you know. Just Which, I mean, another plug. Let's just things. plug all our friends. Um, he just released a new hoodie. It's like kind of a lavender. It's yeah. awesome. What do they call that? A drop. Cultured. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's cultured, but Make Moves, Not Statements. He had a clothing drop. It's Dude, it's his clothes so are legit. Good. Quality. Super cool. Nice clothing. It's cultured luxury streetwear. Yes. And dude, it is cool. And can I just say, you should place your orders now for Christmas time. Because that's some yeah. good, that's some good stuff. That's a good point. Make moves, not statements. Check what it out. What if they have socks? <clears throat> you could use some new socks. Book your orders for me. You love it, right, Little Rain? You want some? You wear it. You didn't even put your Christmas list together. Yeah, it looks good on you. Speaking of Christmas, I think we have like, what, 13 Saturdays left? No, not even. Not Ten. even. 10th. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Ten, that, that puts it God, I love Christmas. 10 more Saturdays. Halloween's coming up, and who even cares? Because Halloween is just the beginning of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas. to Christmas music. Oh, Halloween is the beginning of man. listening to Christmas music, I feel friends. so. I feel so warm inside. Yeah. God bless us, everyone. Everyone. I love the holiday season. And, dude, it's the best in Seattle. I don't know where you're listening from. I hope that your holidays are wonderful. But in Seattle, man, we kind of are winning over the holiday season. The leaves change. I want to talk the about another, another thing that was my favorite this week, okay. just because we're on topics of all, right. all the things. Uh, our friend Phil Farrell yeah. led worship on Sunday. Can I just say a shout-out to that gentleman and his brilliant wife who stayed that gentleman. home with all of their five kids, six yeah. kids now? Five. Like, what an incredible Sunday that was. Yeah. That was that was good times. He's a good man. I love him. Yeah. Jumped in, blew it up. Um, what's the song that he just he co-wrote with Justin Bieber that is now hitting the world? Angel Speak. Angel Speak. It's great. So if you haven't heard JB's new song, Angel Speak, Phil Farrell wrote that bad boy. So playing, playing on it too. Yeah, he yeah, and if you the keys that you hear playing oh, on that is. song, that's Phil. Sixty six days to Christmas. Sixty six days to well when they listen to this tomorrow it'll be sixty five. Dude, think about that. We're so close. 
Anyways, you know, you know but let's not rush it because the beauty let's of Christmas is the 65 day buildup. Yeah, babe. it's enjoying it. And like, if Christmas were tomorrow, I'd be so bummed. People over purpose. It's you about I mean? getting to Christmas, yes. it's not about the day. Yes. What makes the day so special? Is, is all the time getting there, which is like life. It's the journey along the way. It's the people along the way. It's not a destination. It's the people right in front of It's the of journey us. you're taking. We must take care of and love. <laughs> Cheers. Um, guess what we're doing today? What are we doing? Book club time. <laughs> Man, that's that's literally our jingle it's for our it. It's our jingle right now. I'll just be like, book club time. <laughs> way to hit it, babe. <laughs> Um, we kind of started this last time on Coffee Talk, if you're tuning in. It's a new segment we're calling Book Club, and um, it's just kind of where we go through. We won't do it every week, so, so, you know, succinctly. Maybe we will for the next couple of weeks, or if we, we reserve the right at any point to talk about whatever we want, whenever we when want. When is it like when there's like an interruption in like a show? It's a special... You know, like if there's... We interrupt this previously scheduled program for a special news bulletin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or announcement. So we we, we reserve we, the right yes. to have any news bulletins that we want. But in the meantime, we're starting this thing called Book Club, and we're kind of going through some of the books. Some of our faves. There's probably about 10 at least that, I mean, have literally not just our favorite books, but books that have like kind of shaped our lives, changed our lives, have kind of helped form who we are, principles that have come from them that have just really, really, really impacted us. So not just any book, but um, books that have really, really had impact us. So last week we talked about Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley. If you haven't heard that, go ahead and check it out. This week, I'm excited, babe. You let me choose. Ooh. You let me choose. I'm choosing next time. I know what you want to choose. What is it? Sheep music. Yes, it is. It's just a book about How'd sex. How do you know? No, it's just a book about sex. Because you love talking about sex, and I love that you love it. it intimacy, love. Oh, Lil Ren's like romance. gross. Hey man, it matters. It's not about intimacy and romance. It's literally about sex. Okay, it's called we know sheet it is. music. Making music between the sheets. Sometimes it's just holding each other and hanging out together underneath those sheets. Let's talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Everyone's getting awkward. <clears throat> um, well, the we're precursor. Defi- we're defining a book we're not even talking about. I know. About. The precursor to that book is um, a book that I love that I've been going through. It's kind of specific, but it's. It, don't tune me out, ladies, because I think it, a lot of this will apply. Oh, it's I love it's this called um, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. It's written by a man named Stephen Mansfield. It's called Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. Um, and what it does is it's a book that kind of takes different characters throughout history, even the Bible or scripture, and it, it highlights characteristics that they have as men. These are these would be men among men, great men. You know, men like Abraham Lincoln, men like um, Booker T. Washington, men like like David in the Bible. And it takes all these men and it kind of highlights a character of their life and how that makes us men and how we can aspire to be that. I love it. So in fact, for the last year, I've been going through a Bible study. Well, we call it a Bible study, but really it's kind of like I take thoughts from this from this book and then I apply scripture. And I don't know, 50 men get together every month in my house and we we talk about what it means to be a real man, not based on what culture and society like 60 says. Something yeah, yeah. men last time. It's yeah, and it's been awesome. I love this book. I read this book years ago. Um, there's a few books that I would super recommend when it comes to just men. If men want to read, you know, if a man's like, "Hey, what book should I read?" I'd be like, "Well, you should read." Um, I love Every Man's Battle. I think that's a great book. Some people think it's cliche. Until you felt with the, the temptations of being a man, you wouldn't think it's cliche. So read that. Um, I think Wild at Heart can get a little spooky, but it's also one of my favorite books on men. He tends to go, the author of that one, John Eldridge, tends to go a little like super Spiro and kind of like new agey, but he's not. I love him, and it's a, it's a really great book. But this, honestly, is my favorite 
Mansfield's book of manly men. It's tongue in cheek. It's not like about being macho. Like I'm a manly man. I have chest hair. I drink bourbon. I smoke cigars. I fight bears with my bare hands. You know, that's not what it is. Um, I love those kind of guys, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I totally have a connection with dudes like that instantly. I have way more connect with the guy who walks in in the flannel shirt, you know, than I do with the guy who walks in in the skinny jeans. I have good friends that wear the skinny jeans. I really do. And they look great on them. And good for you, man. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, so I don't think any of that has to do the way we dress. That has nothing to do with being That's a man. That's so right. It has everything to do with what's on side of us and how we conduct ourselves, how we carry ourselves, how we identify um, to something that is greater than ourselves. So that's kind of, that's the book. Ooh, Babe, I'm if excited. we could, I want to talk about it. I'm, I'm excited. I wanted just to pull a couple club. thoughts from it. Um, and I would say this book is great for women to read. I don't know if you've, we've talked about a lot of it, but I've, it's. I, this is the beauty about when you read a book, I feel like I've read a book because you'll read it and then you break it down chapter by chapter. And you're such a good communicator and you're like storytelling and you're giving all the little highlights. And I'm like, I don't need to read the book. You just gave it to me. That's my kind of reading. Well, it's my pleasure. To I do actually that. take, I actually tell people I read more, read more books than I really have because yeah. you just tell me that. Well, you got the, you got the you wisdom from them. Who cares if you read? I mean, a lot of people, my, a lot of my friends do audible. Like they just listen to books. Totally. Like, I think we should constantly be learning and like, and, and getting different things in it. Not just one, not one style. And um, whether you read it, listen to it, hear it. You know how people learn differently, so I don't think there's any, there's nothing wrong with that, babe. So way to be, way to be educated and informed. Thank you, thank you. So, anyways, okay. There's kind of a main premise with this book, and probably we could take a few times, and we'll probably come back to other chapters in it. And um, again, you've probably heard us reference some of this stuff on recent podcasts over the last three years, because, like I said, we're talking about books that have impacted our lives. So it kind of comes out in things that we talk about. You know what I'm saying? But. Um, Here's the here's the main premise of like the first two chapters of this book. It's manhood is in the doing. And here's the premise. Now catch me for a sec cuz this might go against some people of the Judeo-Christian ethic. They might have issue with me right off the bat. Um it simply says real men do. They do. Okay, now uh, uh, Judeo-Christian ethic. I'm like, wait, we wait and rest in God. They that wait upon the Lord. Oh, we rest. It's His grace. And I get it. I get it. I'm not mocking it. And I shouldn't do that voice because I'm not actually mocking that. But, there, <laughs> but that's true. You? But that grace that allows us to do. Now I'm talking. The book is speaking specifically to men, and men need to hear this from other men. What do men do? Men do. They do things, and the test of a man is in the doing. Oh, okay. You're like, well, no, it's in the like, being. It's why am I so excited right now? Mm. Like, I love when you get on this So topic. I love when we have this Bible study and we start talking about this with men because a lot of people are like, no, man, it's who you are on the inside. That's what, no, I know, I know that. What mom told you when you were seven is still true, little Johnny. Who you are on the inside matters most. I get it, I get it. But if you are a man, if you are a real man, you know how we're gonna know? I can't see inside you, bro. But what's on inside <laughs> is going to come out in the doing. Men do things. If you're sitting around doing nothing, I would say to you, with all the love I can, put my strong arm around your shoulder. You're not acting like a man, son. Men do. Oh, man. It's you're good, baby. It's they good. don't just talk about it. They don't just think about it. They don't meet about it and dream about it. At some point, you either do it or you don't. 
and this is the premise of like the first four chapters of this book. And it's challenging. It's kind of anti, in some ways you kind of feel like it goes against like the gospel message. It doesn't. It's actually very much, okay, look at the greatest man who ever lived, Jesus. Look what he accomplished in three years on the planet. Okay. Wow. Oh my, oh, what are we talking about? So please don't sit there, sir, on your, on your, on your righteous derriere and tell me that you're a man when you're not doing jack. <laughs> going to talk man talk. All right. I think the next tattoo I'll get, I only have one tattoo on my whole body and it says uh, all in 135. It's kind of significant to me. Um, I think if I were ever to get another tattoo, it'd be on the other arm and it would, it would be the last words that King David, the man after God's own heart spoke to his son, his firstborn son, Solomon. Here's the last words that David said to him. He said, be strong and show yourself to be a man. Mm. Show yourself to be a man. Do something so that we know you're a man. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> okay. And here's how I would say it. So I think, and I love talking to men like this, because actually men can handle this and they need to hear it. They need to hear it. I agree. And I'm not, you are not defined. All us girls are shaking our head. Okay, like, okay. Like nonstop. You're not defined by what you do. Can I just say that? What I do does not define me. But because I'm a man, I do do. <laughs> I do Hold do. on, I, I do do, and then do I do. do. You do do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a doing that comes. That's a man. There's something manly about doing, doing, doing. Get to work. So okay, and I, I would say the best way to do it is start by living for something bigger than yourself. And I think that's where a lot of us get caught up. We live day to day. We live nine to five. That's how men can get trapped. That has like a feel in prison. That's how anybody, in fact, yeah. can get trapped. Um, Jen. Before I get into, I think there's three things that men, I'm just going to break down, and the book kind of says this. I think three things that men do. Men fight, men work, men rest. Men fight, not, not fight like you think, not in a bar, in not a brawl. Like no, no, they fight for a cause. Mm -hmm. They work yes, for they a purpose, do. and they rest because it matters. So those are the kind of, I want to I take the next few times to kind of break down, because that's can the I, book. Can I just say those three yeah. things are the sexiest thing in the entire world? Really? Sexy. Well, well, really? It's so sexy. I cannot even tell you right now. What, Every woman is agreeing do? with me. <laughs> um, does any of this, okay, and I, I know we're just getting started. Some of this applies to women. Some of it doesn't. Um, you know, and I, I, and I don't want to tune out women, but I think for women seeing like um, the men in your life or the man that you're looking for, they're not going to be perfect, by the way, and we all miss it. I miss this. So I'm so grateful for you being gracious with me. None of us are perfect. You're not a perfect woman. You're close. I'm very much not a perfect man, but this is what we should strive for, and men do, and three things that I think we do. Men, you were made to fight, you were made to work, and you were made to rest. Facts, facts, not, not and the book kind of breaks this down a little bit, and I kind of take my liberties, and, and some of this is from the notes that I pulled from the book that I used in a Bible study where I kind of add more scripture and different things, but um, I kind of want to talk about each one of those. So first of all, men fight. Um, I'm talking about fighting the good fight, not like get in fights, not like, yo, are you talking to me? Yo, are you talking to me? No, I'm talking, like these are men who fight for something that is bigger. They fight for they fight for the people that God has put in their world. They fight for them. They stand up for them. That's what men do. They protect. Men don't cower to the back of the corner. Yeah. They fight to protect. And this is going to be anti-intuitive for some dudes that are listening to this. They fight to serve. Yep. I know you're tough, man. I see all your Instagram posts. I know you're a big man. I know you talk real mean. Here's my question. Are you man enough to serve the people in your world? Oh, I know you lead a lot of things. Oh, I know you're in charge. Oh, I heard you were the boss. My question for you, sir, are you man enough to serve 
the people in your world. Oh, I lead them. I'm the bo- no, no, no. Are you man enough to serve them? Like to treat them better than you treat yourself? To put them before yourself? Are you, are you man enough to get down on your knees and do the freaking dishes to serve them, not have them serve you? Because don't I was, get- I was just about to ask, like, give an example because I think they're like, well, yeah, I work, I work. 10 hours a day, that's how I serve my family. That is a way that you serve. Sure. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even like nullify that. That's the kind that. of cookie cutter thing that I think I've heard husbands say. Well, I do. I do serve mm-hmm. and love my wife. I, I work all day. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but it's a little bit more than that, right? It's way more than that. Okay. It's a fight. Men fight. Like, I, I love that you, you you go to work for them. That's, that's the bare minimums, by the way. Like, bravo. It's like, it's what a man does. It's like when you come home and the, your wife is making dinner and maybe you don't make dinner. But you're like, babe, I got the dishes. Or you're like, hey, you sit down. I'll take care of you. It's, it's simply this. If I could just say this, it's putting others before yourself. I know you're tired. Put others before yourself. I know you had a lot. I know you did a lot today. Put others before yourself. I know you really want to sit in that seat. Let someone else sit there. Put others before yourself. It's what men so do. Good. And there is a reward that comes on the other side of that, that I cannot explain. It's simply, and you can get into little details, but what does it look like? It's different for everyone, but put others before, and especially the people that are in your world, your wife, the people you love, your girlfriend, your kids, your your family, your good friends, put them first. It's amazing. You're like, so when do I, so when am I ever first? You'll be amazed at what will happen if you start to live your life that way. Um, but anyways, men fight. And I want to clarify, because I think, you know, being in church most of my life, um, a lot of times there was this thing like men should be nice. And I think there's been an attack on masculinity. And this book gets into it. I'm not I'm not anti-masculinity. I love masculinity. I'm actually, I happen to be kind of a masculine guy. I didn't go for that. I don't think my dad raised me that way. Babe, you can't help it. You're sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't like, think manhood is found in the masculinity. <laughs> totally. But there is a masculinity to men. That's it's right. in different ways. I have guys that... Honestly, that are in the TV industry and they dress super suave and they'll put on makeup for the cameras and they're very, and they would be very different from me. And yet they are manly, manly Mm -hmm. men. Okay. So it has nothing to do with style and stuff like that. But a lot of times growing up in, in faith communities, men were taught to be nice. Like don't hurt others. Play, play nice. And I remember growing up, like, you know, they'd always be like, Billy, be, you have to be very careful when you're wrestling with your brothers and sisters because you're bigger than they are. Code word for you're fat. And they'd be like, you know, you can give piggyback rides, but you can't get a piggyback ride. That's, that's funny stuff. Oh, I did. Because you'll telescope your brother's spine. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I remember the first time I ever got picked on by a bully. And actually, he wasn't picking on me. He was picking on my little brother, Joey. And he threw a rock, and, and Joey was bleeding. And I, I remember trying to chase him. And when I finally got a hold of him, I just kind of stood there and cried and clenched my fists. And everyone started laughing. And it dawned on me, I think I was 12, I didn't know how to fight. So in faith communities, we've been pretty good at teaching men to be nice. But we have not taught men how to fight. Mm. Can I just say this? There is a big difference between nice and kind. Jesus was not nice, faith community. He was kind. Kind is niceness, it's strength. There's strength to it. It's like he's kind and compassionate, but there is a strength to it. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, the goal in life is not to walk around and be like, I'm so nice, I'm so nice, I'm so nice. Be loving, be kind, be compassionate, um, be genuine, um, be empathetic and sympathetic. But my goodness, there is a strength that comes from that. So the goal isn't, I mean, what I'm saying, so... 
we fight because we have this strength and we can be kind. And I think more men need to learn how to fight, to defend, um, to protect those, to, you know, instead of harming and punishing, we defend and protect. So good, babe. Yeah. And I think that's something that you have, you've been such an incredible example, just to just pause for one moment. You've been such an incredible example since day one, since the day, the first day I married you, you have always protected, like, in the sense, me, even like just checking in with me, I remember you would early on would like call me during the middle of the day, you know, not to nag me or annoy me, but just to be like, hey, I'm thinking about you, checking in. Like just everything that you did was in the in the manner of like, I care for you, I, I want to protect you. And it wasn't possessive. I, I think there has been some friends that I know that their husbands are so controlling and like, oh, I'm protecting you. It's like it kind of can get possessive and mm -hmm. a, little, a little weird. But it's just like you, you had this ability to to care and to show kindness and to protect just like you're talking about, which is something like you must have learned that you must have picked that up somewhere along the way with my your dad. dad was a good man. He wasn't always a good man, but yeah, I think he taught me that. And I think I've been surrounded by good men in my life, you know, and you pick up and you, I read about good men and you, um, you learn what not to do by doing it wrong sometimes. You I think know? that's so key. Like you said, you can, you can just be around the right, being around the right men or right women, right? We pick up on things. We learn things. The The close circles that we choose affects who oh we Oh my goodness, Jen, Sadie. Choose the rooms you're in. Yes. It's so funny how some people be like, I don't really like hanging out with those people, but you know, they're my friends. Like, choose your room then. It, it, because who yes, you hang out with is yes, who you will be. Yes, yes, yes. Choose your room. Dude, if you don't like the people in the room you're mm -hmm. in, I'm not saying write them off, but stop sitting in that room for so long. Um, And I would say, you know, for men... um. Find there's an adventure to live, and that's the fight. Find a cause to fight for. Um, find an adventure to live. And there's, you know, um, just, yeah, yeah. I, was, I had a thought, and then I lost it because I got you got me going on the room thing. So <laughs> I was going to say it, and then you said the room thing, and I was like, that's so good. Choose your room. Choose your circle well, right? Yeah, I mean, choose you can't it well. be. You even mentioned it on Sunday. You can't be friends with everybody. But you, but but choose wisely, and you're gonna have people you hate, you know. But but like the people in your world, not only just people like the same age, but even older than you, like choose wisely. Like there's something about that that that's a truth, that's a thing that'll change you for the rest of your life. People who you surround yourself with, yeah, it, it's a big deal. Okay, the book goes on to say that um, real men they work, and all of our doing, we work. Um, essentially, and it kind of says this: just do something. And listen, can I just say this? Work, and I've said this before. Yeah, you love that, right? Yeah, they work. Now, I'm, um, work makes us better. It's, you know, if you're, if you're again, if you're the Judeo-Christian ethic, you were like, oh, that's part of the curse. No, 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 it wasn't a part of the curse. Work wasn't. In fact, when God created the heavens and the earth and he put Adam in the garden, the first thing he did was like, hey, cultivate the garden. Name, Name all the, the animals. animals. Like he gave him work because it's good for you. The curse was that you would work and the ground wouldn't produce for you. So your work would be fruitless. That's a pain, and I hate that, and that's a part of life. It's like we put all this work in, and it doesn't pay off. But the actual act of working, doing work, it makes us better. better. Can I tell you the worst thing for a man to be is idle? Idle. Because when you're idle, you're not doing anything. You get bored. And when you get bored, you get into trouble. Honestly, can I tell you, I could probably, you could line up a bunch of men right now and all of them, if, what troubles are in, I bet you 80% of them, it, it stemmed from boredom. That's Just got true. bored. And why were they bored? Because they weren't doing anything. You know what soundtrack is playing in my head right Which now? Which one? Dun -dun. Dun -dun. Jaws? Dun -dun. Dun -dun. Dun -dun. That's what boredom, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Little. 
a little faster. What? <laughs> Where are we going? It's I don't like, understand. <laughs> um, work. It can get crazy. And there's a big difference between like your nine to five, the job. And that's, that's actually good work. And even if you hate it, but I mean, it's good to work. But like work outside of that, like work. Um, can I just say this? I, I once heard this statement said, find out what makes you come alive and go do that. And when I heard that, it was actually Andy Stanley, the other book we, we talked about last week. When I heard that, I was like, dude, but I got to work a job. I got to provide my family. It wasn't, it didn't say find out what makes you come alive and go do only that. It just said go do that. So what I'm saying is like, I know you work a job, man. I know you got a job at Why the you office. Why do have the nine to five? I know that. Nine to five, go but do But you got a lot of time. So what makes you come alive? That your dream. Do yes. that yes. too. Work and if your work looks like getting out there and building with your hands and creating a shed and doing this and building your own home, or if your work looks like getting down and pulling out fifteen different books and studying and doing that, or if your work like pulling out a, an easel and a canvas and starting to paint, if your work looks like sitting down to a keyboard and doing that, if your work looks like going to different people and pulling them together and saying, "Hey, what if we strategize and what if we did this and work?" Find out what makes you come alive. It makes you. Can I tell you this? Here's where working is, men. The doing of work, here's where it helps us. When life's problems hit, when the pain of life hits, it is going to be the the doing of work that is going to be so beneficial for you. Because if you're bored and idle, when life hits you upside the head, you're going to find vice. I am telling you. Yeah. Um. That is where that is literally where vices take place in our life. That's because we had we had nothing else to do. So all of a sudden now I'm, I, I give myself over devices, whether that is drugs or illicit relationships or alcohol or some kind of addiction, a vice because I didn't have something else to put my energies into. Um, I think in life, um, when life hits us hard, which it does for all of us, you can succumb to either sorrow or bitterness. Both are deep darknesses, um, but if you if you are fighting, if you are doing, if you are in a good work, then bitterness and offense and sorrow it can't take. It, it can still touch us, but it can't take that deep of a hold. I have found that you know some you people say it's out. well. I mean, well, uh, you got to put faith in there and God. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying those things will save you, but there's something about when you have a good work that you're doing, whatever it is, whether it's when you when you're giving yourself to something especially when offense and bitterness hits. It's one of the ways, you can't escape it, but it's one of the ways to turn it off. And like, all right, I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing. Now, you're going to have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? When sorrow hits, one of the ways I don't succumb to sorrow, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a dream, a pain, because sometimes sunglasses and Advil just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's just a pain that's so real. One of the ways is this ability to, to do something. Can I say, and I know we're talking about working, I think one of the ways, and this is a key for men, one of the ways for us to kind of handle the pains of life, whether it be bitterness and offense, hurt, betrayal, or whether it be sorrow that comes from just the shadows that life throws on us, is 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 a different type of work. It's the work of getting alone. Um, making time in your schedule, in your routine, to get alone. And when I'm for me, it's get alone with God. You're like, oh, so you read your Bible and you cross yourself and you take your rosary beads and you dip it in holy water. No, no, no. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about me as a man getting alone with the creator of the universe who made me and loves me and knows me and finding myself in that space. Um, When you feel lonely, use it as an excuse to be alone. When you feel like you're out there all by yourself, you're not. So get away. 
and focus on something bigger than yourself. For me, it's God. For me personally, it's God. I focus on that. And so that's turned into a routine for me probably two is. or three times a week. And it's not an excuse. I, that means I still, we still got to go on dates. I still got to spend time with people I love because that's what actually fuels me. But one of the ways I've, I've learned to like really fight and combat sorrow or bitterness or just the weight of the world that men and anyone, women can feel this too. Yeah, you don't absolutely. have to be a man. Babe. What? You're like almost pulling your shirt down. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> right on the mic. Well, you were doing it. I, I literally, wow. I feel like you're sending me signals the whole time. I, I, I was itching my shoulder. <laughs> Thank you. Do we need to get alone? Oh my um, gosh. I, I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to ignore that? You were doing that for a good 10 seconds. I thought you were like, you clearly wanted me to make a comment. Clearly I did it. <laughs> clearly you're sending signals. And Should I just we let edit you know, I'm hearing you loud and clear. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Um, but oh, taking time, go on a walk, get away, sit by a lake, walk through a forest. I sometimes intentionally will go out into the woods, local woods, and get lost. Local woods. Well, I say because I don't want to get lost in a jungle and die. But like local woods. The local are woods of Kirkland. No longer than a mile, you know. And I just kind of like just start walking through the brush just to kind of get out there. The local brush of Kirkland. Yeah, yeah. I just, I get off the path just to kind of get out there and be. And I'm just there. And... I found myself out there. I've also found God out there. I've also dealt with a lot of battles and demons out there, you know, like metaphorically speaking, like you fight a lot of battles out there. But um, so real men, real men, they do. They fight, they work. And then anything else you would add to that before I go to the last one? No, I mean, just you talking about like how you would get alone. I think I admire that so much about you. It challenges me too to like you when you feel, I think the tiredness or the most stress I, I know that's when you go, you get alone more. It's like that's how you cope with maybe the weight, the weight that you're carrying. It could be anything, maybe just stress at work or something's going on personally, but you you find your strength in the solitude. And I think it's become a habit that honestly has affected our family. Like in the long, long term, you know, being married almost 25 years, our kids are grown. I even see our kids like doing that. Caleb came over the day and I'm like, where are you going? And he's like, put his ears like, oh, I'm just going to go for a long walk. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, he got that from his dad, you know, mm-hmm. serenity. Be like, where do you go? I went to the lake, you know, it's like they, they saw that you know, and they, they've learned how to, and you do that too. Differently. Yeah. yeah. We'll wake up, we'll come down. You've been down by the fireplace since five in the morning. You're just alone, just alone with your God and yourself. There's something and, about yeah. that, right? Just yeah. the silence. Yeah. If you feel lonely, turn it into aloneness. Lonely is discouraging. Aloneness is super help, helpful. I mean, you can't, you can't always be alone, yeah. but I mean, there's so much that can happen in being alone. Well, I think um, the world is, has struggled to even try to say that too, because they're like, oh, go meditate, meditate. What, what, what the world is screaming too is like, there's something powerful in setting time alone. I mean, sitting in quietness, lighting a candle. I mean, for us opening my Bible, right? It just, it changes everything. Yeah. And then, and then men, Part of their doing is resting, which seems counterintuitive, but it's not. Um, uh, men have to learn how to rest. We, we, we can play hard. We should work hard. But you have to learn how to rest because if you don't, you're not going to be the best version of yourself. If you don't rest, discouragement will set in. It will. I was just talking about a friend before we turn on this um, podcast. And I was like, remember like 20 years ago, like he smiled and laughed all the time. And I remember I was saying this. I was mm-hmm. like, dude, he was like, he was the guy that walked in a room. He's always laughing. And his smile, it just like lights up a room. It's contagious. And I'm still friends with him today and I love him very much. And it's been about 20 years. And he would be a millionaire at this point. And he just doesn't smile as much. Like he barely smiles. And when he smiles, it's like, oh God, there, 
There it is. Mm -hmm. And he's been so successful, but he's lost something along the way. And I think he can regain it. I really do. I think any of us can lose it. And I think one of the ways we keep that lightness, that ease, is we have to do the work, um, the doing of rest, of rest. Okay, not that this is a Bible podcast, but there's this one scripture verse in the Bible, and it says, you aren't to strive for anything. If you read scripture, it tells you, don't strive for this, don't strive for that. Striving is not actually something we do, except in one condition. The book of Hebrews in the Bible, it says, strive to, to enter, enter into his rest, mm-hmm. God's kind of rest. And that's what I'm talking about here. There's a rest that empowers us. There's a rest that we need to be strong. There's a rest that makes us better for people. Um, I think for dudes, if I were to break it down into vernacular, it'd be the difference between cultivating and contending. Men should cultivate, not contend. Now, there's there's like reality shows I think that are out there called like The Contender. And I get it. I'm using vernacular, you know, but like um, what cultivating means, cultivating means to make better, to take something and make it better, to grow it. Real men make everything and everyone around them better, better, even if it's just a little bit. If you're around a man who's truly living as a man, like he's going to make, he's going to make you better. He's going to make things around him better. If you put a man in a room um, and he's there for a while, a couple weeks, when you come back, that room should look better, whether he's good with his hands or not. Same would be true with a woman. Um, if you put a man in a circle of people and you come back after a month, the people in that circle should feel better and, and live somewhat yeah. better because that's what we cultivate as opposed to contending. Um, contending is like a striving. I would put it this way. Cultivating comes from a place of rest and confidence and strength, whereas contending comes from a place of stress and insecurity. Stressed out. I don't even know. Maybe it will. And so they contend, they contend, they contend. And machoism says that's a good thing. But and I contend for things, but I do it out of a place of rest. So I think it it turns more into cultivating. It's even I even like it's a sense of an anxiety and 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 this if you've been around someone and you pick up on they're just anxious. They're everything is a hurry. Everything is intense, and it's yeah. like there's nothing to really be in a hurry about, and there's nothing to be intense about. But there's this this thing that they've have cultivated, which creates such like angst and stress. Yeah, and it's amazing. I remember moments when my dad would come home, and he, there would be that sense. Yeah. Then there would be other times when he'd come home, and there would be an ease. And that's it's a good amazing test. how it changed the entire household. the The way the home felt was kind of wrapped up. Like what is dad's? Mm-hmm. What is dad gonna be like today when he? Do gets you home? put people on edge when you walk in the room? And they're like, oh, or is there security and confidence and value? Or are people like, oh god? Like, and that's I mean, that's a yeah. that's a that's a classic example when a dad comes home. Do the kids run and hide, or do they run out to the car to meet him? And I mean, if you're a dad, like huge test. By the way, I remember I saw I learned that when I was young, and I remember thinking like, as we were raising our kids, like I always wanted to be the I I would strive. Uh, and I mean, not here. I'm saying you shouldn't strive, you know. But I would really. It was a goal. Like I wanted my kids when I came home to be like, "Daddy," and be happy to see me. Never like. <gasps> and the way you do that is like the way we carry our voice, the way we handle our strength. It's we cultivate. We do everything we can. First so of all, good. you're like, well, okay, so that's my duty. No, that's your that's your privilege. Yeah. I hope that you're in a place, sir, where you can see the people in your world as your greatest gift. It's it's a gift, man. And please, like, go for that startup company and work hard and make your money and do your thing. Go for it. But at the end of the day, I hope you realize 
it's not what's most important. And if you get all that and lose the people that God has put in your path and lose people, you you have missed it. You've missed it. And maybe you're listening to this right now and you're like, I feel like I'm missing it. Well, then change it. That's what men do. Yeah, Men can change. Anyone can change. Um, it takes a lot of courage. It's going to take you making some strong decisions and some brave decisions, but do it. Make a change. It's not worth it. So um, I think that's it. You know, I think the resting is a huge thing. And I think men, you know, I think about like, okay, um, God and his sovereignty when he made man, he didn't give him a table. He gave him a tree. So take the tree and do something with it. He didn't give him um, clothes. He gave him sheep. I was like, take them, do something. He didn't give him. Make some cat. He didn't give him a steak meal, dinner. He gave him a cow. Take it and make it better. He doesn't give him a a a bride. He gives him a woman. And here's a woman. Here's my gift to you. Now turn her into the best, make her a bride. And you do that by loving her, the way you marry speak her. about her. Yeah, you got to marry her. Yeah, maybe marry her. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, hey, man. That's a, that's a thought maybe, these days. Maybe like, pony up like and be courageous you're, enough. You're pretending like you're married. Just just go for it. Just go ahead and say I do. Face those Start whatever there. fears. And then, you know, like, you know, I hate this I hate this phrase, but we were talking about the other day, you're like, you know, men wash their wives with their words, which is so, but what you're saying I is like, it. it does something. The way a man speaks to his wife, how he speaks to it, and God knows I've had to work you know, better at this and uh, through the 25 years, and I think I've had good times and bad times. It's like the way we speak and talk of, like wh- when's the last time you complimented your wife? Or, 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 the, or if you're not married, your girlfriend, that's significant. Other. When's the last time you told them they were beautiful? When's the last time you complimented their outfit? When's the last time you just complimented something great they're at? Like, dude, you're so good at that. You're so smart that way. Or you're so, you're so um, intuitive. Thanks, like, yeah, when's the last time? Like, when's the last time they did something and you recognized it publicly? Like, hey, I just want to say, like, my girlfriend, she just got a promotion and I'm so proud of her and I want to be like her when I grow up. Like, what? it does something. It'll do something for you. How about return the favor and lead that way? And I think it'll make a, I think it'll make a big change. So, so the, okay, the title of the book again. Okay, it's Mansfield's Book of Manly Men by a man named Stephen Mansfield. It's tongue in cheek. It's not meant to be machoism, and I think you can tell from kind of what we talked about. And it just breaks down it's what it means to be a man. Too. Like it's got some yeah. really creative pages. I Tons like of it. quotes, lots of poems, and I'm not a poem guy, but the, we've read some of them on this podcast, I think, too. But some really cool poems. They're like super inspiring. I tear up when I read them sometimes. So Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah, has been, this has been another it's version been of a Book Club Time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> we, pe- we appreciate we your appreciate. patronage. Thanks for uh, rating, starring, loving, Sharing. Sharing. Sharing yeah. All the things. All right. We'll see you next time. Cheers, babe. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers. Mm-hmm.